Welcome once again to the All of Life podcast. We are going through the Proverbs each morning, hoping to be guided by Jesus Christ himself and how to live. And today we're in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. It's a meditation on nature, or the ant in particular, by wise King Solomon. He says this, Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. According to Proverbs, when it's time to work, the sluggard is not working. When he has time to prepare for the future, he's not working. When he doesn't have a boss or someone to tell him what to do, he's not working. Solomon and I, we don't mean that the sluggard isn't doing anything, no. He's just not bringing in a harvest. Sluggardliness does not mean inactivity. This is important to understand. It means all sorts of activities. Hobbies and games, television, video games, socializing, partying, all sorts of games, perhaps even house chores. But the one thing that the sluggard is called to do, he won't do. When you confront the sluggard, she may say or he may say they're so busy, but the one thing they've been called to do is to bring in a harvest, and there's no harvest to be seen. To apply this to our lives, we'll follow Solomon's admonition to go to the ant. That simply means to think about ants, to meditate on their ways. Now, it it may sound silly, but Christians are not only to meditate on Scripture, but also to meditate on the revelations that God has given us in nature. Every ant has a particular function. Think about it. There are ants in the Amazon that make life rafts in the water, with the queen sitting on top. There are all these little ants that are specially designed to care for the egg, and there are all these little ants that are specially designed to stand in the water and take one for the team. They hope to float off and find land at some point. And when they find land, they carry the queen onto the ground. Every ant has its gifts, its talents, and its skills to use for the good of the colony. Of course, you and I, uh, we're much more than ants. You also have gifts. We have gifts and talents and skills to be used for the good of the community. You have areas of your life where you've been able to bring in a harvest. Not everyone is a shovel. Not everyone is a rake. Not everyone is a combine tractor. Not everyone a fertilizer. Not everyone an irrigation specialist. But everyone has to be engaged in bringing in a harvest. If you've been working a shovel for years and you've come up with nothing, you probably need to get a different job. You're not going to be happy if you're not in your calling. I understand that you need money to support your family. To that I say, obediently do your best to be where you need to be and trust God to provide. In other words, do what you can to bring in a harvest and quit all the activity that doesn't do that. And now, another manifestation of this sluggardliness, as is depicted here in the Proverbs, is procrastination. One is that the sluggard doesn't do what they're actually called to do, and they do all manner of things except bring in a harvest. The other one is procrastination. Maybe the sluggard wants to bring in a harvest. You know, He has good intentions, but he's putting it off. He's waiting for a better time. You know, procrastination is rampant in our culture, and 
We may not treat it too seriously, but when we take the word procrastination and put it into the context of sloth, one of the deadly sins, shouldn't we be a little more suspicious of it? It might just be a refusal to do what God has called us to do. If we're doing things in our own timing rather than in God's, are we really being obedient? We're just putting off that one thing that we're actually supposed to be doing, and we're covering that guilt with all other activities. For example, college students are no strangers to procrastination. Why do you think that is? Well, as a college student, you're currently called to study and make it through school. Do you keep yourself busy so you can avoid it? Do you constantly find yourself spread too thin? This is something we really must think about. The real danger here of this sluggardliness is that it's a symptom. It's a symptom of a deeper and a deadly sin, the sin that for for Christians for thousands of years has been called sloth. You know, sloth is ultimately the absence of a love that drives zeal and service. The sluggard, whether he is exhibiting his sluggardliness through procrastination or through refusing to do the one thing he's called to do, is very often simply showing signs of dealing with the deadly sin of sloth. If lust is misdirecting the passion, um, sloth is the absence of it. It's the black hole of all sins that absorbs everything into itself. And Jesus describes this sloth well in the parable of the talents with the servant who takes his bags of gold and simply buries it in the sound, in the sand, refusing to make any profit. If, uh, if sloth down in our hearts were like a child, it's not going to be the child who shakes its fist at us or shakes its fist in God. It's the child um, who simply... Re- pretends to not hear. This forgetfulness, um, this apathy, this sloth, all of this can manifest itself in, in sort of sluggardly ways. If sloth were a highway, it would be the exit-only lane. Um, Titus 2.14 says, Jesus gave himself for us, but the sloth re- refuses to read the rest of the verse, which says that Jesus gave himself for us, to purify for himself a people who are zealous for good works. Um, Sloth, and and here's really why it's so deadly, and why you must pay very close attention to it, is that it's a type of apostasy. It's a type of falling away from Christ. It kills us softly and slowly. A lot of people leave the faith due to big blow-ups. That's not how sloth operates. With sloth, you don't backslide. You slouch toward apostasy. Slothful apostasy is one day after the next, following the status quo, conserving your energy in a sleepy faith that is filled with apathy and a lack of concern. Day by day, your faith slowly ebbs away as you ignore your calling, bury your talents in the sand, and refuse to make a profit for Christ. Your children notice it, and then it dawns on you that the only thing Christian about you is the title. You're a nominal Christian. A victim of sloth, slowly pulling away and drifting, refusing to change, to answer his call and to push through the pain. If a mother is pregnant and the baby is about to be born, she must push through the pain. If she stays inactive, the baby dies a slow suffocation. But if she pushes through with passion, with zeal, with fervency of spirit, the baby is born. Sloth causes the slow suffocation of our faith. Not because you're doing anything evil, but because you're not doing anything. 
So I don't know if you've noticed this into your life. I don't know if you are wrestling with the deadly sin of sloth, but rest assured, sluggardliness, not working when it's time to work, not doing the one thing you're called to, refusing to bring in a harvest and procrastination, these are surefire symptoms of someone who is being killed slowly by the sin of sloth. Let's go to the Lord together, asking Him for the zeal and the passion that we need to find our callings and to turn a prophet for the Lord, a prophet of godliness, a prophet of holiness for Him in every area of life. I'm Brandon Neely, and you can connect with me at Gmail or on Facebook. It's N-E-A-L-Y, and I hope you have a blessed day.